This is Let's Talk About Magnum P.I., the podcast from fans for fans of Magnum P.I. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to a new episode of this podcast. Let's talk about Magnum P.I. Yeah, we're back. Back and we have a guest today. We do a very special, special guest. We love him a lot. He's been in... What episode has he been in? Seven? Uh... Six? No, six. Four, but six, yeah. Six. Episode six of season four. He's really, he's amazing. You're going to love this interview. So we have Karan Sagu, awesome dude. And I guess we'll go straight into it. Yeah, so enjoy. So welcome on our Magnum Fair podcast. Thank you for being here. Oh, yeah, thank you for having me. Um... Yeah, always. You're, you're, you've got quite the interesting little guest role, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it was, it was definitely fun. It was one of the most fun pieces of work I've um, got to do. Uh, because, you know, I've never had my, 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 my butt handed to me by a woman. <laughs> that, that was great. Uh, her dinner, Curdy, she got a few good hits on me, for sure. I told her to go all out. So that was, uh, I mean, like, actually hit. Oh yeah, so when I was when I was filming that scene, um, I think the 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 stunt girl, um, she was she was great, um, Haley. And when I had my scenes with Teresa in between, I was just telling her that look, like you know, hit me, it's okay, <laughs> just just go for it, you know. If you give me a good a good crack in the ribs or. I need the I need the groin, or you hit my leg. It's fine. Just go for it, man. And I think you know she she got a she got a good hit in my ribs at some point herself, which is great because it makes it more natural for the audience. <laughs> I always prefer it to be real and realistic. But, so uh, ripped the part. It did, yeah. <laughs> well, I'm glad you enjoyed it. <laughs> it wasn't so much enjoyable for me when I was getting beaten. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, you got to spend time in Hawaii, which. I mean, it must have been awesome, just in of itself. Oh, Hawaii is beautiful. It's amazing. I mean, I've been there before, but very briefly. It was a, a two-day, a two-day, two-day, two-day trip, three-day trip, two or three-day trip, um, and it just wasn't enough. And then going back there to film for a week, it was um, the hospitality and the warmth of the people there is just unbelievable. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. And immediately feel this like this whole burden taken off your shoulders, like oh yes, oh definitely, yeah, <laughs> yes. Everyone there is very friendly. I remember I was I was walking to the store to get some groceries for myself, and I actually got lost because by the time I was going back, it was pitch black outside, and I was like, oh, where do I go? Um, and I was trying to figure out where I was going so I didn't have my phone with me and I was like ah oh, dash and somebody was running they were actually running past in their evening jog and they backtracked came back and said can I help you like you look lost and I was like oh my god when did this ever happen um, in Hawaii like so I was like oh, yeah I'm looking for this hotel and I said like, oh yeah go down to the left you'll be fine and I was like oh great thank you so much that's and amazing I was like, I was blown away that it was just so friendly. Everybody's so like, you know, mm-hmm. they, they have an awareness of what's going around them and if somebody's in need, they offer their assistance. Um, yeah. So people are phenomenal. They're, they're great. 
been great society. I mean, enjoy being around them. Yeah, we actually got to, to experience this in December. Yeah. Oh, really? How, how was your trip? Amazing. I've been so there amazing. for a month. She's been there for 10 days. 10 days. Wow. Like, yeah. People are awesome. I've, I've been in an MMA gym there. Oof, I discovered I got some good kicks. <laughs> okay. Nice. Uh, I, I, too, got my ass handed to me by a very tiny woman. <laughs> As I expected. <laughs> Because she's listen, fierce. It, it's more humbling for me than it would be for you. <laughs> oh, I, I fully expected it. She's been at it for like eight years or something. And I knew that going in. So I was like, I'm, 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 I'm starting. So, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's good. How, how, are you, how are you finding that? So are you, are you like into the whole fight world now? Are you doing like martial arts, mixed martial arts, UFC, what? What's the angle you're taking? Um, I'm, I'm, I started with actually Eden's boot camp in Hawaii okay. during lockdown. I love MMA, and and I started doing Brazilian Jiu Jitsu during lockdown, and now it's it's gone again, obviously with with the surge. But love Jiu Jitsu, absolutely amazing art, uh, martial art, and I'm probably gonna explore more once. We get to actually go full contact with other people again. <laughs> <laughs> Where are you guys now? Dang. Uh, I'm in I'm in Montreal, Canada. Germany. Yeah. Oh wow! Oh wow! So is it that? I mean, I haven't been back to London for a while now since COVID, but um, I think London's not too bad. I'm not sure about Germany and everywhere else. So. <laughs> uh, we're pretty bad at the moment. We've got the full-on Omicron surge. Oh wow! Us too. Yeah. That's awful. Well, yeah, it's uh. It can get, it can only get better, right? Yeah, I mean, if 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 London is is the model for it, it was pretty bad, and now the cases are going down, so they're probably falling eventually. Oh my gosh! Well. LA is not too. But well, LA is um. It's interesting. I think people here have a point now that they just. <laughs> I think they're so fed up. They've got to a point where I mean, you still see people going out and about. I mean, obviously there should be a mask everywhere. Um, but I think here they're at a point where they're just, they're just exhausted. They just they can't. People just can't take it anymore. So fully understandable, honestly. Yeah, too. I mean, Hawaii. Things get better. Hawaii was such such a culture shock, even with. COVID, you come there, it's extremely strict, but at the same time, it's the kind of strict where you don't notice it. So it's just like, it's, it's barely there, you're barely aware of it, but at the same time, they're protecting you as much as they can. So it's really yeah, cool. No. And I agree yeah. with that. I mean, the way they've handled it is an example of how things can be done and how things can still be sane, I think, is the right word. Um, yeah, I didn't notice it at all. I mean, Obviously, I think what helps is, though, is when they're enforcing the rules, they're not sort of being uh, militant about it. It's yeah. more so sort of like relaxed, kind of like loving sort of attitude, and people are more receptive to that. So I think they've got that balance perfectly, like, well done. Um, but then, to be honest, like, with London, 
political opinion here, Boris Johnson really does, does not have the best. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the garden parties and everything. It's not the best not idea. Best yeah, it's exactly. not the best idea. Like, you can't go on one hand telling people, stay home, don't have parties, and on the other hand, have parties yourself. But exactly. one of our politicians said the same thing. On one hand, he said, do not travel. On the other hand, his daughter traveled just <laughs> the same day. So. Our, um, our premier, like in our province, basically was like, okay, so we had a curfew that was supposed to last uh, three weeks. The first time we did it, it ended up lasting four months. Let's do it again, but let's oh. start it at 10 p.m., yeah, needless to say, that didn't last very long. Like, two weeks later, he's like, yeah, I'm ending the curfew. And one of my colleagues at work, being in the bilingual province that I am, was like, oh, you know, like, François Legault is a fake clown. Which basically means, like, he's getting clowned by, like, the rest of the world, and the rest of the world just thinks he's a joke. And they're like, you know what? I don't blame them, though. Like, he fires he fires his, like, um, health minister... In, like, the middle of, like, the pandemic, even though his health minister is actually doing, like, the right things. And now, anyways, it's it's a whole mess. And he's like, okay, curfew, two weeks later, not curfew. Everything's closed. Let's open. Closed, open, closed, open, closed. So, Quebec, example of what not to do. <laughs> I, heard, um, I heard Toronto is in the curfew at the moment, can't they? Uh, Toronto... Do they have a curfew? I don't think they have a curfew. They're, um... I know they have pretty strict, uh, like, guidelines about what they can and can't do, so I'm pretty sure, like, all the gyms are closed and that kind of stuff, but I don't think they have a curfew in Ontario. have to look that up. Um, you know what? Let's Google. <laughs> now I'm very curious. <laughs> Meanwhile, they're discussing whether to force um, vaccinations on people or not, and I'm just over here. Listen, if people want to get vaccinated, they will. If they can't, they're obviously avoiding crowds. So whoever is not getting vaccinated, they're at this point willingly choosing their fate. Yeah, I mean, I mean that affected Djokovic, right, for the, for the, um, the tennis in Australia. So he refused to do it and he didn't play. Um, but within our industry, um, it got mm -hmm. it, it was enforced very early on. So it was yeah. basically... If you're not vaccinated, um, you're not going to be working with the studios. Um, so I think um, on the one part, it was enforced because of the beginning of COVID. There was such a massive shutdown and there's so many oh, yeah. jobs mm -hmm. who were relying on this industry that it was a situation where they were like, well, you know, we want to keep the industry open because people rely on these jobs. But how are we going to do that? We have to have the vaccination requirement. But, I mean, the people yeah. who are not getting the vaccination and the losing work in the industry, I think at this point, it's sort of a situation where it's like, well, you know, they're doing their best from their end to keep everything open, so you kind of need to comply, agree it or not, if you want to keep, you know, your job. Um, because they're trying to do the right thing for everybody. And it's such a fine line with this whole situation. In yeah, terms standpoint, you can't yeah. keep everyone happy. Yeah, no difference of opinion, so it's just a matter of what's more important to you, you know, I mean, I got vaccinated quite late on, um, and the funny story is, I must have been around COVID, I think about four different times, but everybody in those situations got COVID, 
except me. <laughs> okay. And, you got lucky. Uh, I even went to a friend's house who had COVID after, on a fifth time to go give him some food. I was like, you know what? Let me just go in and say hi and hang out for a bit. And I took my mask off. I was like, let me see what happens. And I felt like a headache coming on. So I was like, okay, guys, I'll put 40 minutes. But I'm going to go. You know, it's nice to see you. And they're like, you're crazy for coming here. And I just, I just came home and I, I took some vitamin tea and I ate everything I had in my fridge. So I had this like, whole theory that I, I feed myself off nutrition. It will like fight whatever's trying to get me. And mm-hmm. I said, I slept about 10 hours and I woke up a couple of days later, I had a COVID test and I was negative. I was fine. Um, and then I got my vaccination, <laughs> and about two weeks after my vaccination, I got COVID. Ah, oh, no way! I couldn't believe it. I was like, what is going on? <laughs> now I'm completely scared. Something's wrong here. <laughs> Guess who's currently in quarantine? Oh, you are. Oh, <laughs> I just recovered from COVID. Oh, how was your experience? Did it did it knock you out a good four or five days? Uh, kinda, kinda. It was mostly a stuffy nose and a cough, and I was cold all the time. But that's about it. Oh, you got you. You, you got sounded right. you sounded a little stuffed up. Yeah, like I said, stuffy nose, and yeah, I slept all the time. But then again, that's what I always do when when I'm sick, like the. I'm sleeping. My body gets to recover and gets to fight it. It doesn't need to sustain my brain or anything. Just take care of it. Immune system. You're fine. You, you got lucky. You got it too lucky. When I had it, I was. it was so weird. So I, I luckily I didn't lose my loss of... Um, I didn't have lots of taste smell. Oh, me neither. I was <laughs> thankful. But the funny thing was, I would get exceptionally hot at night. And then so I'd be like, oh my god, I'm so thirsty. I'd get up and I'd go drink water. I'd come back to bed and I'd be freezing. Ugh. And I'd like back under the covers and I would be sweating. Like, this, this for example, this, this shirt would be drenched. Oh my goodness. And I'd put another one on. And then I'd go drink more water because all of a sudden I'm boiling hot again. So it would be hot and cold, hot and cold all through the night. Interesting. That sounds, that sounds terrible. <laughs> Yeah, it's terrible. And yeah, I couldn't even do a squat for like a week. Uh, tell me about <laughs> it. I, I just went back to working out and I am so sore and it took me <laughs> so much time to just recover from my first workout after that because I'm yeah. just so out of breath. Even though I yeah. took it slowly because I'm, I'm not exactly thin, so I'm very aware of the fact that there's a little bit of a increased risk on you know my heart and everything after you know being sick so i'm like i'm taking it slowly when i was sick but recovering from that first workout still doing that and it was a leg day on top of it it was a leg day (laughs) still feeling that see that that wow you're brave you're braver than i was yeah yeah (laughs) I, I can't do any push-ups. Still <laughs> learning them. <laughs> oh, you'll get there. One a day. Oh, oh yeah. Getting a little bit better every day. <laughs> Except I have zero abs, so I can't do any crunches or anything like that. <laughs> I, It's like part of my workouts, and every time I get to the crunch part, I'm like, oh, this is going to suck. <laughs> but like, 
you, you don't have zero abs. You actually do have six abs. They're just covered with, you know, a, a layer of clothing, respectively. Hmm. Yeah. Very good analogy. I like that. <laughs> Everybody has that. Yeah. They just... Yeah. Even if it I mean, feels like you can't do crunches, they're just not used to the movement, so you've got to teach them how to do the movement, essentially. Yeah. I'm working on it. I'm working on it. I carried the torch for the workouts for a little bit when Eve was sick. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The workload. Just a little bit. Yeah. That's amazing. I love that you have her back. She does. We have each other's back. She's always like, get off the couch and do it. I'm like, no, I'm lazy. She's like, do it. She always just, she always just like, telling me she has no motivation. I'm like, fuck motivation. Discipline. Just get up. Do it. Either. Do five minutes. Or like, I mean, do five minutes. And once you do five minutes and you're in the middle of the workout, who's ever stopping when they're in the middle of the workout? So That's just, true. just start. No, I, and then I agree. The I agree. It follows. It is all discipline. It literally is discipline. You have to wake up in the morning, and even the day you don't want to do it, you wake up. It, it, it all starts the minute you wake up. So the minute you wake up and you roll out of bed, you don't, you don't snooze your arm clock, number one. You don't tell yourself, oh, another couple of minutes. You literally have to just rip it off, jump up, look in the mirror, the closest mirror to you, like, get this. We've got this, we've got this, let's do it. And so true. At that, that point on, it's just, it's just a routine. Breakfast, yeah. you've some fuel, spend like 45 minutes just, you know, get, gathering yourself and enjoying the me time and then bang it out. Just, you just do it. And yeah. then when you do it, the first, the first 10 days of doing this will probably be the toughest if you're starting fresh. Oh, yes. A 10-day yeah. mark. Yeah, that's... It's so true. Yeah. If I don't do it, like, right in the morning, I'm, like, forget it. <laughs> I'm totally different. I'm actually doing it after work. Because, like, I, I established my routine. I come home from work, putting on my workout clothes, and get on with my trainer, and then that's it. And then, once I'm done with my workout, work is so far in the past, and I can actually enjoy the rest of my evening. Awesome. Yeah, I mean, as long as you get it in, that's what matters. Sure. Yeah. I do try to get my teach myself to do yoga in the morning. Just a little bit of stretching because my muscles are like, please do it. Ugh, but yeah, yoga is is a little bit harder to get to than a workout. Challenge. Yeah. Yoga actually makes me sweat more oh, me than going crazy in the weight room. Um, I've never slept much in my life, to be honest, when I do yoga. I follow like an hour video, I'm like beginner's yoga for an hour. And I used to do yoga back in, back in the day. It's been a while. So recently I was like, oh, an hour yoga beginner's class. I'm like, okay, let's try that. Um, in, a, in, a, in a six by six foot space, um, I was drenched. Drenched in sweat. Uh, I, it, like, it's just so tough. And I have... So much respect for people who do yoga, and the other one is Pilates. I did oh, a Pilates yeah. class, and I went to Pilates class, and I was the only guy there, and I was like, awesome, but I'm, I'm going to kick this class with that. And by the 30 minute mark, I was taking breaks, 
I was like needing to like stop and the instructor was like, come on, you're big and strong, what are you doing? <laughs> around me were just like, they weren't even breaking a sweat. And I think that was one of the most embarrassing moments I've ever been in my life. Because like you walk in all like muscular and like, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then you can't even do a Pilates class. Um, I just hid my face and ran out of there and it was done. I just, I was gone, but never again. <laughs> See, can we say that that's why Perdita managed to get that decent look in? Because <laughs> I'm pretty sure she does yoga for Women what I know. Women are much stronger than they look. And this is why they wear the pants in any relationship. <laughs> good thing, good thing. Um, my trainer will actually tell me, so you didn't do that. It didn't work. You're coming back tomorrow. Try again. Yeah. That's, that's literally my trainer. Try again. It didn't work. Try again. Try again. Try again. Try again. And I always do it. <laughs> <laughs> I always listen to my trainer. Determination. He knows what he's doing, unlike me. So I'm learning what he's doing, but he knows what he's doing. So. Um, how long have you guys been watching the show for? Because you're definitely up to date with everything, I believe. Yeah. Uh, I've been watching it since the pilot, actually. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, since yeah. the very beginning. Around season, middle of season one, actually, for me. Because I had a whole, I had a whole um, like lead up to it with shows, essentially, that were filmed in Hawaii. So it started with Lost. And then when Lost ended, it was, oh, Daniel Day Kim is going to do this new show, Hawaii Five-0. And then it was watching Hawaii Five-0, and then, oh, this same guy wrote and is now doing this other show, Magnum P.I., which is also a <laughs> plus. So I was like, okay, check that out, also Hawaii. And then it also kind of led to NCIS Hawaii just a little bit. I don't follow it as much, but yeah, so since the pilot. Yeah, we, we, we kind of were fo uh, forced to follow it a little because... We, we lived in Waikiki, and wherever we turned, there was an NCIS Hawaii set. Every, somewhere else every day, but, like, it was everywhere. Yeah, yeah, no, it's, it's literally, Waikiki is, like, a set for all shows. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I actually remember the first scene that I've seen was Perdita kicking some other lady's ass. Like, the first oh, wow. thing scene I've seen at Magnum PI and I was like okay I should continue watching this not not entirely sure what it is but she looks cool is it bad that I think I know exactly what scene you're talking about you do know what scene I'm talking about I'm pretty sure you do is it when they go flying over the desk yes is it Ina yeah okay yes she knows she knows Magnum PI wow you're a diehard fan oh yeah she is for sure. <laughs> Incredible. Um, have you managed to speak to Padita at all? No. We wish. <laughs> <laughs> Especially her. No, no. I, uh, we got lucky and we saw them, got a glimpse of them, tiny little glimpse of them in Hawaii, but we, obviously they were filming, so. Yeah. We stayed away. Oh, Didn't disturb the filming. Super sweet. She's, she's really nice. Um, she's British, of course, um, but uh, what, what was surprising was I didn't realize how 
like to keep her famous mm. because on, mm. on screen obviously she looks like you know um she looks um like super fit and super like you know like like an like an anime fighter almost yeah all her person i was like oh my god you're tiny <laughs> 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 okay wow she's like I was like, am I, am I too fat to television right now? I was like, I was <laughs> Even when the stunt guy, when I was doing the rehearsal, the, the stunt guy, um, he showed up. Because I'd seen the video of the choreography, and I was like, okay, cool. And then he showed up, and he looked at me. I looked at him. I was like, yeah. He goes, wow. You're bigger than me. I was like, am I? <laughs> <laughs> and he goes, oh, that's what the camera will do to you in these fight scenes. It's all up close. And I was like, oh, wow. I was like, and then I stood next to him. And I was like, wow, I really am bigger than you. I was like, maybe I should start leaning up a bit. I got really paranoid about it. Um, but then it was fun because I had that little extra bit of strength. So I'm not sure if you noticed it, but when I had Haley, I even did her, when I slammed up against the fence, if you watch closely, I actually think I lifted her entire body off the ground and her feet were off the ground. I didn't realize I did that because I was just like, yeah, go for it. And I was like, okay. <laughs> I, I guess I, I, bet that, <laughs> I bet that enhanced the choreography because that sounds badass. It was fun. It was really fun. Definitely was. The whole scene was badass. Yes. Oh, I really appreciate that. Uh, my, my whole thing was just like, I try and justify what I what I read in the script. So I'm like, wow, this is awesome. I love this. I've got to justify this because the TV shows there are diehard fans, and if you don't, hi, yeah. here we are. And if you don't, if you don't justify what they're watching, immediately you're gonna get called out, and then they'll be like, Ugh, horrible casting. Ugh, what was that? Oh, it was terrible. And you just sort of like cow away. <laughs> Um, but no, I had like, it was really nice just to hear people and it was really nice just to get feedback from what I had seen from fans saying that, you know, it was a wonderful scene, it was the best part of the you know, week's episode, we loved it, great job, and I was like, thank God, because I mean, there is a lot of expectations. at least three fan blogs that followed you just based on that. Mm -hmm. So, you increased your fan base. Oh, thanks. <laughs> I appreciate it. And I'm pretty um, sure, Eve, but, you and I did say it was one of the best scenes of that episode when we were talking about it. I'm like 99% sure that one of us brought that up that night. <laughs> pretty sure we can rewatch the discussion I'm about sure. the episode. I'm, I'm but yeah, so pretty sure. sure we said that. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, thank you guys. I mean, appreciate the, the feedback. Yeah, we, we might even have gushed about how cool you were. So, mm -hmm. oh. definitely. There's that. <laughs> I think the coolness was more the character than me, to be honest. Uh, <laughs> both. <laughs> I did both. Um, yeah, it was, and it was really nice working with. Um, I'm not sure. Did you, did you guys manage to get an insight into like who the stunt coordination team was? A little bit. So one of the stunt coordinators was actually um, a gentleman called Eric Norris. Do you know who he is? Uh, I've heard, I've heard the name. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So Eric, Eric Norris is basically the youngest son of Chuck Norris, and Chuck Norris is like a really famous martial artist who did movies with Bruce Lee. 
Um, yep. So he was on set, and he was actually there doing the stunt coordination with me. And this guy's awesome. He's like he's super cool. Um, and we were doing, for example, we were doing the running scene, and it was funny because I think um, a lot of a lot of people, a lot of these productions, when they do when they do stunt work, when actors do fight scenes, um, a lot of the actors, a lot of the people who do the actual actual work for it not the stunt guys, but when they actually get into the camera, they get quite tired. Because it, it, it's pretty enduring. Like, it, you, you do it over and over again. Like, okay, let's go again, and again, and again, and again. And so, Eric was with the stunt coordination team, and he's filming that whole thing when running past the cars. So, he was like, all right, you know, there's a golf cart, there's the camera. Run. And I was like, okay, so like, um, how fast do you want me to run? Should I should I run full pace? Or he goes, oh, he goes, just try and keep up with the golf cart. And I was like, <laughs> okay. So then the golf cart started off, and on the first take, I ran past the golf cart. Oh. And they were like, they were like, oh. And so he came back and goes, hey, Colin, so like, it would be great if you can just keep up with the golf cart? Because you just got to pass it. <laughs> <laughs> so like, oh, I'm so sorry. So then... I was talking to the guys in the golf cart. And I was like, hey, um, how fast does this thing go? They're like, oh, that's like 22 miles an hour. I was like, okay, just floor it. They're like, <laughs> no. sure? I was like, yeah, you guys floor it. I'm going to start from like 10 feet further back, and I'll probably be man, I'll catch you. And so when you see that scene where I'm running, I'm actually going like full out because I'm actually trying to use the golf cart as like my indicator to chase it and catch it. And um, then we did like seven, eight takes, and Eric comes up and he goes, hey, um, Karen, um, do you want to take a break? You need five minutes? Like, you've been running a lot. And the thing is, I had this whole thing where I was like, adrenaline rush. And I'm, I'm hyperactive as it is. I don't like sitting still on set. I don't sit in those actors' chairs. I like to converse with everyone. I'm talking to the lighting guys. I'm talking to mm-hmm. the costume guys. I'm talking to ADs. I just like to... You know, let everybody know that I appreciate them being there for us. So I'm like, no, no, no Eric, I'm good. Let's go again. This guy's just like, are you sure? <laughs> <laughs> like, let's go. <laughs> Probably mentally going, what are we feeding him? The <laughs> um, craft services must have been good that day. <laughs> it, it was great. It was great. I, they, <laughs> like, they had these um, local Hawaiian ice. Um, ice lollies or ice creams? The different flavors. Shave ice? Like, pineapple, not shaved ice. Dole Whip. They were like different flavors pineapple, coconut, and they had like these local flavors. And I had like one or two of those, and I, I get a sugar high. So ever since I was a kid, I, I'm not pretty sure it was a local Hawaiian ice cream that just got me hyped up. Um, <laughs> I was just running over and over again. But I think you guys, you guys missed out on a really cool scene because I think they cut it from the final edit. But they had me run and slide over a bonnet of the car, like Dukes of Hazard style. Oh, cool. But I actually had to yeah, jump. Yeah, we missed out on that. So I had to jump and then slide my left leg going over first, my whole butt sliding across the bonnet, and then going back into the run. Um, that and sounds it was really to be, cool. Yeah, so it was supposed to be the stunt guy who did it first. And I was like... I can do that. <laughs> but Eric, Eric was like, you sure? I said, like, yeah, let me try one. If I can do it, we'll just do it. So I tried one and I fit over pretty well. And he's like, okay, it would be better to have your face in it. 
So we're doing a couple of takes, and on one of the takes, I jumped a little bit too late, and I hit my left thigh and my left glute on the, on the bonnet of the car, and it banged it really hard. I still slid over the top, and I kept running. Didn't think of anything of it. I'm, I'm like, you know, pumping adrenaline through me right now because it looks like a really easy stunt, but it actually takes a lot of technique. When I got back to the hotel and I was taking a shower, there's this like patch about this big, like right over here. And it's just purple and black. I have a picture of it if you want to see it. Oh, I mean, that sounds, that sounds painful. Insane. Yeah, and, and then I was like, wow, you know, these, these stunt guys do not get enough credit for what they do. Like, they put themselves through absolutely, absolute hell. They're getting mm-hmm. bang, bruised. You know, they, know, they have the technique of how to fall, but still, they are getting absolutely battered. And not, nobody knows it's them. Mm-hmm. Nobody knows it's them. So, I mean, I've, I've got to give a shout out. So, there's a stunt team there called Ronin's Action. Yeah. Up mm-hmm. Garrick is absolutely phenomenal. He's one of the best stunt coordinators I've ever like, worked mm-hmm. with. You see his work. He's done like major, major films. Yeah. And this girl who, who was a stunt coordinator for Padilla, her name's Hayley Wright. And Hayley's just awesome. Like, if anybody wants to like be like a badass like fighter or get into stunt or get into the martial arts, they should check out Hayley's Instagram. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, it's pretty epic. Awesome. And I didn't realize she'd done, like, Wonder Woman. She'd been on Three Guys. She'd done, like, you know, the Marvel movie. I was like, wow. And I felt, like, so honored. And it was such, like, a privilege for me to work with her. Um, so I was just, like, thankful for that, to be honest, out of everything. Speaking about Marvel movies, uh, a little bird on the internet told me that you're into comic books. Oh, I love comic books. I'm, I'm like, a, I'm a nerd. So, from one way to the other, DC or Marvel? <laughs> Ooh. Okay, here's the debate on this, right? So, DC is the OG. They started everything. It was the first comic book. It was Superman. And then Marvel were like, okay, well, what Marvel came out after with their, with their piece. And then what started happening was they just started bouncing off one another. At a point, mm-hmm. they're both influencing each other. Personally, I would love to see Marvel Studios like influence DC Studios and instead of having this competition in the industry, be like, "Hey, we both influence each other. We can help you sort of like bring your like film quality level up to where we are in the entertainment." But saying that, Zack Snyder. Man of Steel. Oh, yes. One of my favorite films. Not even that. The Batman vs. Superman director's cut is one of my favorite films because people don't realize it. There is so much depth in that film Mm -hmm. in so many layers that they're not able to comprehend. They're only seeing it because it's basically Marvel entertainment. So when you watch, like, Batman vs. Superman, there's so many layers and intricacy into it that you don't, you, a lot of people overlook it. I actually, actually, Batman vs. Superman is one of my favorite comic book movies as well. Because of that as well, I, I'm like, 
DC has the guts to essentially let the bad guy win. Like, yes. hello, that's awesome. Want to see I more of so. that? Like, Marvel, can you do that too? Um, what I loved about that was that movie was that um, it was the, the realism of it. Like, what would we actually do if we saw a guy with that much power flying around the world? Mm. Somebody would step up and do exactly what Lex Lex is doing. You, you think, like, you know, all these world governments just let Superman be Superman in the real world? No. And that's where he brought in the realism and the intricacies and the depth of the script. Yeah. The question of what superheroes have is, like, what kind of influence they have as well. So, I mean, I love Marvel, don't get me wrong. It's entertaining, it's great, it's, it's interwoven so well these days, and it's endless now. It's going to be around for the rest of our lives. Absolutely. Um, mm -hmm. They should have allowed Zack Snyder to follow through his full vision without interfering on any part whatsoever. I think it would have been fine. They just didn't have the patience to have that entire trilogy build up. Yeah, I still think had they released the four hours, four hours Snyder cut in cinemas, people would have gone to see it. No questions asked. Oh, definitely. I mean, the Justice League, the the, the Snyder cut was. It's just... Insane! Yeah. So good! It flows, like, the, the Batman v Superman director's cut was flowing better, and the runtime, even though it was longer, felt shorter. Because if you cut to relief, you just see, like, from something to something else, you'd be like, what is going on? So, it just throw you off, and it just felt like it's a long film, because it was badly edited. I remember the first time seeing the Snyder Cut of Justice League, I'm like, oh, I finally understand why the bad guy actually appears, because <laughs> it was not clear in the original cut. Like, okay, he's here. Why, though? Where does he come from? What brings him in? Why is it suddenly relevant? Yeah, it's, it's crazy how the studio is in the first few months, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So, if you could pick your dream role in any DC or Marvel movie, which would it be? You know, that's a really tough question. So I'll tell you why. On a practical, practical level, I don't think that many Indian-based superheroes <laughs> brought into comic, comic books yet. Yeah, there's always the there's always the chance to be like, why does he have to be white? He can always be Indian. Mm -hmm. But I mean, was it Klingo in Eternal? Was it the same? Who Kamel Nanjiani played? I uh, I haven't so seen Klingo. Eternals yet. Yeah, I think. Oh, you haven't seen Eternal? I think it's Klingo. I mean, he did a great job. He did a great job. He played a great role. Um, I think something like that would be amazing to do. I'd love to work with Marvel. Um, I'd love to work with DC either which way. If they have a character which they could just... I mean, we're talking about the extended universe now. Are we talking about DC's, like, Earth One? Or are we talking about DC's multiverse? All of them. All of them. We're, we're in multiverses in all of them. Now there's a multiverse. Now we can talk about characters not being of any specific ethnic origin, right? So Spider-Man should be from India with an accent. And you'd be like, whoa, that's really off-putting and throwing me off, but it's still Spider-Man. <laughs> I mean, 
there's there's so many characters why I think um the ethnicity in the comics is is not relevant like Captain America ne doesn't necessarily have to be white there's so many ethnicities in America why is he white as yes. seen by the Falcon taking over yeah I mean Captain America I think the original Captain America when they did that was because the comic books back in those days yeah like focused and central on what America was going through in terms of that timeline of our lives. Um, obviously, things have moved on. It's like um, it's saying the same as sort of saying, um, "Oh yeah, okay, cool." So like we're going to make a new TV show and it's based in LA, but like it's an all-white cast, white American cast. It's like, well, yeah, but in LA. A very ethnically diverse city. Mm -hmm. So if you had a multi ethnic cast of people who were completely unknown actors to give them their first opportunities, I think you could do a damn good job because mm -hmm. it's mm -hmm. the approach to what you're trying to make. Rather than, you know, obviously the entertainment world is business, right? Yeah. It's run by mm -hmm. like, who's going to get viewership? But at the same time, I think that what's been forgotten. It's a really great show with a really good script and a great handling of the talent of the director Absolutely. and become mm -hmm. an absolute phenomenon. Like, look at Stranger Things. Mm -hmm. you know, That's very exciting. People in that part from Winona Ryder, but it blew up because direction and script and casting was bang on point. Squid Games is another good example. Like, I'm oh, yeah. pretty sure people would not have expected a Korean show to blow up like this, but. Oh, yeah. There we go. And also, Money Heist. Like, a oh. little show from... Yeah. <laughs> so good. <laughs> what are you guys hooked on these days? What are you guys watching? Um, uh. The Mentalist. I'm, I'm oh. watching The Mentalist for the first time. Okay. Um, Money Heist, I was, like, super addicted to for, like, the first, like, four and a half parts, and I just haven't gotten around to finishing the fifth part. I'm a couple episodes into the second part of... Uh, season five, so I've got like just a little bit left of that. Um, right. But yeah, other than that, other than that, it's Magnum for you, right? <laughs> mm, pretty much. I also, I'm also working like a ton of hours right now, so I don't have a ton of oh. time to uh, to watch TV. So I'm like, okay, gotta gotta streamline it. But yeah, <laughs> those are the two. <laughs> what about yourself? So I just binged through the morning show oh, okay. on Apple right. TV. Um, I just finished Witcher season two. Currently watching May Day and Pretty Smart on Netflix. Um, nice. Yes, yeah, it's, it's sort of. Bit I'm on the Witcher season two right now. Um, a few episodes in, but I um, excuse me. I got addicted. I'm now addicted to Ozark. Oh. I've heard it's good. Just season one. Wow. Like, I'm sorry. Yeah, I've Jason heard it's very, very good. Is My parents talk about it often. Like, whenever I have conversations with them, they're like, oh, sorry, it's so good. I'm like, okay. oh, it's amazing. You guys have got to check that out. If I could recommend a show to anybody who hasn't seen that, I'll be like, drop whatever you're watching. Start watching this. Even if it's one episode a week, get Ozark on your playlist. It is amazing. 
Good thing Mayday is easy to drop because that's why I'm currently watching and it's her fault. <laughs> it's, yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine? The day before she's flying back to Canada, this woman sits on the bed and watches a Mayday episode about a crash. What? Hey, okay, but it's right there. I also used to work for an airline, so I'm, it doesn't, like, crash, like, airplane crashes don't phase me. Like, flying doesn't phase me at all. And I have this conversation, too, at work all the time. I, even just today, we were talking about vacations, and um, one of my coworkers was like, oh, like, I really, like, I want to go to Costa Rica, and yada, yada, yada. And I was like, oh, yeah, like, to be honest with you, like, the worst part about going on vacation these days is just, like, having to wear a mask for, like, 11 hours straight on an airplane, right, but, like, surrounded by a bunch of strangers, and, like, obviously you're gonna do it, because that's what you have to do, and you're responsible, and whatever, and he's, like, he's, like, honestly, I hate flying. I'm, like, how do you hate flying? Like, <laughs> I, I mean, like, I get if you, like, if you don't enjoy it, because, like, it's not comfortable or whatever, because, yeah. um, like, I'm, okay. Also, to be fair, I'm only, like, four foot nine, so, like, it does, I don't worry about, like, space on an airplane, <laughs> but, I mean, I have no issues flying, I like it, I, if I, if I had been taller, I would have been a flight attendant, but, yeah, <laughs> I'm too short. To be fair, on your point, though, about watching plane crash videos, um, when I was younger, my dad was obsessed with watching these, you know, um, movies about, like, disasters, air disasters. And he used to make me, like, I sit there and watch them with him. And I think one of the ones I watched was called Concord, where the Concord takes off and then crashes and, you know, somebody <laughs> out. Yeah. So I remember when I was younger, but here's a fun fact. I didn't speak a word of English until I was eight years old. Um, even though I was born and raised in England, my parents spoke um, our mother tongue to us in the ho household. So I started speaking that first. For five years, I didn't speak English at all in school. Um, but so when I was going on the plane, we were visiting my mum's family in India, and I sat on the plane, and I was like maybe five or six years old, and I was in the seat, and I just shout out to my mum. I'm like, Mum, and this is in Punjabi. I shout to her, I say, Mum, um, after we take off, I'm like, when is the plane going to crash? <laughs> and I was like, imagine, imagine sitting on a plane with a whole of like, Indian people who, like, Indian people are very religious and spiritual, and then everybody's just freaking out, saying, Sister, please, we beg you, tell your son to stop saying, when is the plane going to crash? Do you want to get to enjoy one piece? That's hilarious. That's hilarious. I've got a similar story, actually. I was, um, we were flying to the U.S. from Frankfurt, and we were flying through a thunderstorm, and suddenly there's, like, Three loud bangs, like tiny explosions. <laughs> Everybody was freaking out. I'm like, nah, if something happens, they're going to say something. It's fine. <laughs> Nothing's <laughs> If something happens, they're going to say something. And, and I was sitting right in front of the flight attendants. But they were chill. So I'm like, as long as they're chill, everything's fine. Yeah. Yeah, and then... Yeah, and then the the captain came on like, oh yeah, we just experienced three lightning strikes, um, but we checked, we're fine, we're flying, and if, if anything happens, we can always go down in Paris. I'm like, okay, now I'm nervous. <laughs> but we made it in one piece. You would have always been part of a episode of Manifest. Jeez. <laughs> Here's a crazy question. If you guys were on a plane and something went wrong and it was going to go down, how would you want to go down with it? 
Ooh, ooh, ooh. How in terms of my behavior or what happens to the blade? Like what, what sort of like, where would you want it to fall? Where would, where would you want it to crash? Like, what would be your reaction or how would you want to like, handle the situation? What would be your whole thing to do? Screaming for sure. <laughs> Screaming is an instinct, so yeah. Screaming, Screaming for sure. Definitely. And if I had to pick a place... <sighs> See, this is where all my Mayday watching comes in. I'm like, okay, best survival rate. Um, <laughs> God dang. Um, definitely not water, because you don't have a very good chance in water. Unless, of course, you're freaking Captain Sully Sullenberg and landing your plane on the Hudson with no fatalities whatsoever. Um, I guess... Right off the end of the runway. Like, skid off the end of the runway. Oh, okay. Interesting. That would be... That, that would be... My... She's still my thinking story. about it. She's like, hmm. Yeah, it's... You? it's, it's <laughs> well, he thinks. <laughs> yeah. Well, for me, I've actually thought about this. So, I, you know, obviously, like, I've been reading comic books since I was a kid. It's like... I have, like, hero complex to it, to a, to a sense. I like... I like helping people uh, as much as I can. But I thought about it. I'm like, if a plane was to malfunction in the minute, and it's going to go down, I kind of want it to go down in the sea. And then there'd be survivors, obviously, that would splash around the water. I was like, I would like do everything in my power to save as many people as I can and sacrifice myself to a shark, saving people's lives. That's how I would go down. I was like, if I'm going to go down, I'm going to go down, put you on the lifeboat, and if my legs get bitten off, they get bitten off. But at least I saved somebody. I love that. That is, that is awesome. Okay, so for me, I would, I would want to go down over Germany. Because of the survival rate, because our, our highways, aka autobahns, are actually designed to be fitted for planes to be able to land. Just in case. Interesting. Yeah, it's it's the whole war thing, especially oh, up in Berlin. The they're fitted for uh, for planes to land. So I'm like pretty safe when we're finding a highway in Germany they can land. That's awesome. It's, nice. it's kind of unfortunate for the cars down there, but hmm. my survival rate will go up. But yeah. <laughs> Other than that, if, if, if it was any other place, I would probably just do what they're telling me to do. Either put on the life west brace and then just be like, yeah, whatever happens, happens. And see what, what happens down there. And once down there, help, if I can help. Or, you know, do the one of my, thing. One of my biggest fears is the sea, is the ocean. Like... Oh. So when I was in Australia, um... You're brave? Just being in Australia? Have <laughs> <laughs> you seen the size of spiders over there? <laughs> oh my god! Huge! It's horrible! The um, huge, aren't the huge ones the harmless one? Aren't these just the huntsmen? Yeah. The, it's the, the, the tiny ones, ones like, that you're, you should be scared of. The tiny ones, you, it's, they, then they jump. And they, yeah. they oh my god. The jumping spider. Um, <laughs> I went to, um... I went surfing, which is great, and 
I got clowned by Billy's. I was like, whatever, the guy had to spray the lifeguard. And then um, what I found out in Australia was, at the Gold Coast, they have this, like, netting, which goes, like, from a certain part in, which goes around the coast, right? So the sharks can't come in. So I was like, okay, cool. So you have the netting. Are there any holes in the net? <laughs> and the guy was like, oh, yeah. You know, you know, we get a couple of instances. The sharks just get through the hole. We get a couple of sharks on this side. But then we've got to get it back out of there. So sometimes you shark attacks. And I was like, um, where do these shark attacks occur? They're like, oh, we've had a couple around here on this coast. People surfing. They've seen sharks. <laughs> no. no. Like, no. Well, we, we were surfing, right? Because, yeah, but you, were, you weren't far enough then. If you had been a little further, you probably would have, you know, maybe seen a shark. And I was like, the meat's clear. My friends didn't go any further. I wanted to be, like, awesome and cool. But I took the boredom as far as I could. And by the time I turned around, the coast seemed very far away. I was like, so I was over there. He's like, oh, yeah, mate. Little far. Might have seen a shark. Got lucky. <laughs> no. no. I no, no, no. Uh, Meanwhile, I'm the crazy person who likes to swim with sharks. Because I like sharks. You swim with sharks? I, I did before, yeah, when I was like 11, and I was like, mm-hmm. I like sharks. I've yeah. done it too. I feel like sharks know when you're kids, they don't attack you. But when they know you're adults, and they're like, oh, this guy's an asshole, he's like, before he kill us now and eat us at a restaurant, let's just attack him. But kids, they don't know that, we'll just need to kill them. Yeah, let them be. Animals know that children are children, they don't attack children. Yeah. I agree. Yeah, I, I was, uh, in general, when I was a kid, I was a lot braver than I'm now. Or maybe it was because I was stupid or something. Because I, I also swam with crocodiles. Because I, I my, my, my mind went, it's warm. It was in Mexico. It's warm. There's water. Who cares about these crocodiles in there that are like two times my size? I'm just like paddling around there. Obviously, my mom was on the side ready to pludge me out. But, like, if it happens, it happens. I'm just going to be calm, and they're not going to be like, oh. a, that's something that I'm eating. Yeah, a brave kid. Definitely a brave kid. Good for you. Definitely. Yeah, now that I'm an adult, I probably still do it, because I'm still on the thing. I'm, I'm their guest. If they're going to if they're gonna attack me, they're going to attack me, even if I'm on land with the crocodiles. And... If you if you act the part in the ocean and and you're not pretending to be a turtle <laughs> or like a seal, then chances are the shark's not going to do anything to you. And if it's going to do anything to you, it's likely just fighting to see if you're edible and then figuring out you're not. It's not their f- it's it's not their fault that they hit veins by accident. Well, okay, well, I don't think we agree with that exactly, but I <laughs> if I see a shark, I'm gone. <laughs> I'm, nope. Yeah, I'm not. If I see a shark, I'm out. <laughs> I am a very fine dodge yet, but... Um, I mean, it, it, it depends on the size. I obviously wouldn't, wouldn't um, necessarily swim with bull sharks or, or um, white, great whites, but like if it's just like little reef sharks... Trying. I've heard dolphins. I read a funny article the other day. I read that dolphins 
everything's so cute and everything's so nice, but don't think they're actually bullies. I've heard yes. that too, actually. Yes. And I was like, Wait, you just ruined my, my like my, I just ruined my entire perception and dreams that dolphins and swimming with them. They're like, mm-hmm. yeah, but they're bullies. Like if they met, they'll mess with you for fun. They'll literally just mess around with you for fun and like pick you up and throw you around in the water and stuff just just because they're inside. They're laughing. And I was like, mm-hmm. that's so cruel. They can save your life, but they'll you know they'll mess with you a little bit. <laughs> Oh, I can, I believe it. I believe it. Yeah, hundred percent. Hundred percent. I mean, on the other hand, I mean, just their grins, just their grins alone says be careful. But now, now turn it around. I think we kind of deserve it, given how many dolphins were training to do weird tricks for for funs and giggles. Yeah, they get they get to be a little little bit of bully towards us. I think. Yeah, I yeah, yeah. Well. Well, let's not discuss humans as being the worst species in the world. Even though we intelligence and great life to do great things, but yeah, we could definitely we could definitely be better as a as a as a collective across the world. We have every every tool and every opportunity to do it. We just need to seize it. Yeah, no, I agree. I think um, there was a, but it's, it's, it's unfortunate because a lot of people get misguided. A lot of people, it's the, um, it's technically the education they receive from, you know, your parents and the way they perceive things. And unfortunately, you know, they have to be balanced in life. There's going to be the good and the bad, right? So if all the people are doing all the good, there's going to be all the people doing all the bad. Mm-hmm. I mean. mm-hmm. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. It's like they say, without the good, there's uh, without the bad, there's never going to be any good. Because true, how would you be able to determine that this is good as opposed to the bad? Yeah, no, for sure. Do you guys do you guys follow like um, any sort of like um, how do I put this? Um, life coaching or spiritual teachings, anything like that in that sort of regard? Or do you have like a perception on energy and soul of life? You're, you're really asking the tough questions. Here we were thinking we're interviewing you. <laughs> um, um, yeah. I don't personally. Um, but I mean, I'm, like, I'm not opposed to it. I just haven't ever gotten into it. I, I um, am currently looking into Buddhism, as oh, you know. Oh. And on, on top of this, I have this believe that we are encountering proof of the divine every day by just looking outside because what I, what else is nature so that's like my my deep-rooted spiritual belief that the divine is just nature and we got to take care of her and appreciate her yeah yeah that's, that's awesome. good. good to have that yeah how about you Oof. That you're opening a whole four-hour conversation like it started. <laughs> that, that's, a, that's, a, that's a whole thing. So just, we'll do. We'll have to do another hour on, uh, <laughs> on that. <laughs> well, I, I'm, I've been I've been very spiritual since birth. So my my parents raised me in a very very spiritual environment. Um, uh, I follow a spiritual path, which basically takes takes all the religious books, all the religious 
teaching. We're talking about Christianity, to Buddhism, to the Muslim faith, to Hinduism, to, you know, to Sikhism, whatever you can think of. And it basically takes a little bit of, okay, here is everything. How is it different from one another? It isn't. It's like saying, I'm going to learn how to solve this equation. There's five different teaching methods for it to get to the same answer. Mm-hmm. So what they show is that all these prophets and gurus, spiritual teachers, and all these like, religious, religious folks that they were, Jesus, Muhammad, you name it, they all were saying the same thing, but they're all saying it in a different way. Yeah. And whatever path that you are comfortable relating to, that is the one you walk on. But if you're going to walk on that path, try to understand it. Don't look at it for face value. It's like reading a script. Oh, yeah, this is a great script. No, like there's, there's words beyond the words. So you have to get a comprehension and understanding of how to get, get to that. And it all says and boils down to the same thing. It all comes down to just making you understand that A, we have a soul, and B, the journey of you as a human being is your soul walking this earth, it's being put into a vessel which has the capabilities of the highest nature. So you have your sight, smell, touch, sound, taste, feel, you have your senses, and then you get a mind and your brain. You're able to have a consciousness to understand what's right and what's wrong, what's bad and good. Like if you give a child, if you give a child um, a knife and say, "Hey, kill this animal, we're going to eat it," a child will not kill that animal. So a child is the most natural, pure form of what we're supposed to be. That's why a lot of these books they preserve you in a child, be a child. It doesn't mean be a child. Going to act in like a crazy kid and more, but no, be a child, it means preserve that purity. Stay connected. Because if you stay connected here, you will never harm anything. And harm doesn't mean kill. Harm also means like if you eat something which you know a child wouldn't eat, if you said, hey, here's an animal, we're going to kill and eat it, the child's going to say no. So that's why I'm also like, in, like you said, Buddhism. Buddhism. It's like the ultimate form of dedication. Like they only eat ground, like ground-grown food. So they're vegetarian through and through. They will not smoke, drink, nothing. Their bodies and souls are so like infused. Mm. That's why when you see these Buddhist monks, like got forks and knives and God knows what with their hands and their feet and doing all this crazy stuff. Because they're so connected, like if you imagine your soul being a drop from the ocean, and the ocean is God, and they're connected to the ocean, and the objective is to get that drop back into the ocean. So that drop has the same power as that ocean, essentially. It has, it has that same power inside you. You can achieve anything that you want to do. If you believe it and know it, you will achieve it. Because if that power can create everything you see, that power they need to access five percent of it to manifest anything you want to do. You just have to have the belief and the dedication to it and the understanding of how it's happening. So and then that's just the surface of everything. If you when we get into this, it would be a four hour conversation. <laughs> <laughs> I be here for it. Wow. So yeah, yeah so I I just raised in that whole environment. Yeah. So That's cool. Uh, 
lot of reading, a lot of meditating, a lot of, a lot of stuff. Let's go towards that direction. Yeah, meditating is still an unknown horse for me. <laughs> a lot of people think meditating is hard. It's actually very easy. Yeah, yeah. But it's still, it, it's, it's in the beginning kind of uncomfortable to, to well, let yourself, to, to, you know, A, to sit still, and B, to forgive, not, not forgive, but to just accept that your mind wanders and realize that it wanders. And at least my, my, my verse is, oh my God, you just thought, I'm like, no, 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 it's fine. And you can think. And kind of hot and uncomfortable to sort through all of that and, and give myself leeway to, you know, so realize um, that I'm thinking. Let me give you a, a perception on this, a different angle. So, okay, if you think, this, is, this, is, this is your mind, this is your soul, okay? So, you know, you know a lot of people who get stressed out to do this. You look at the fingers here. Okay, so that's your third eye, right? There's a door there. Mm -hmm. So, imagine like a door, mm -hmm. and you want to open that door. And right there, your soul, okay? This and this are intertwined, like that. The purpose of meditation is to basically separate them and shut this one off, so only this one stands alone, okay? So the easiest way to do that is, let's say for, exa for example, let's say you call a Buddhism, right? So you have Buddha, like I have Buddha right here on my wall. What do you do? You know, you know what Buddha looks like. He sits in his meditational pose, he's like that. So what do you do? You picture that door with Buddha on it. And you focus, you focus on that picture right here. You just focus on that in mind. Close your eyes and focus on the picture. That's the start. Do that for one minute. Put a time on your phone. Hit, hit, go. One minute. If you do one minute, the next day is two minutes. Next day is three minutes. Once you finally get used to doing that ten minutes with that picture, you're going to start to feel a weird sensation. You're going to start to realize that when that timer after ten minutes goes off, A, you weren't listening to anything. B, your eyes are closed. You won't see anything. C, you weren't even thinking about your breathing regulated in meditation. Or, if you're just sitting still, in any way, you can even sit like this and do it. A lot of people think just sit comfortable. You will forget that your body's there. Because you're focused on that picture. Once you get to that point, here's the magic. When you go to your 15 minutes, or 10 Wow, I'm, I'm certainly going to try it. Open that door. Yeah. Imagine when you open that door. It's like a blinding sunlight, just shining, and that's your soul. It's like golden, it's beautiful, but it doesn't blind you because that's you. Imagine Matrix. <laughs> Neo in the Matrix is what we are. Neo in the real world is that. He tapped into this, and that's what he's now seeing. That's who he is. That's your real self right there. So that that's, is... and that's how you approach it step by step by step. And it's very easy. Never ever tell yourself it's hard because the purpose of the mind, when you start meditation, the purpose of this one 
it's trying to put thoughts in because imagine like imagine like the devil and god this this devilish thing called your mind the purpose the sole purpose of the mind you shut your eyes and kind of meditate is to distract you as much as possible from connecting to the only thing that can make you see the truth oh wow that is that is amazing <laughs> yes you've heard the word <laughs> but like i said it's it's a whole <laughs> journey but yeah that's a that's a simple thought i'm certainly gonna do it tomorrow and yeah. no, I try. well i i guess i gotta say today <laughs> yeah, literally, you, can, you can accomplish anything you want you can make anything you want to happen mm. you can make manifest itself if you can connect to this and you believe it you believe what you, you're going to get you're going to get it it will just come to you it will just literally come to you out of nowhere wow yeah i think i think that is the perfect ending point for this yeah you guys with Agreed. that deep insight so wow <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for being here. Thank oh, you so you're much. Welcome. Well, thank you for reaching out and thank you for having me. Of course, you're you like us that you were amazing on the show and mm-hmm. we're certainly going to follow you a little bit more. Absolutely. Well, you guys are awesome, by the way. Like, keep up what you're doing. Thank you. <laughs> so, this is the interview. I hope you like the guy as much as we did. He's amazing. He's amazing. I adore him i've been yeah. doing the meditation for quite a while now and let me tell you guys it's just, it's really good yeah i haven't had a chance to uh to try it yet but i have to get into it for sure yeah yeah and and the telling yourself to you got this <laughs> mirror it also works even though my morning routine is entirely not working for it but it does work when you do it at work and be like and everybody's pissing you off last <laughs> for the end of this episode um obviously we have a spoiler section yeah so uh director director jay hernandez has officially taken over he has been spotted via Purdy's Instagram stories uh, on a boat. Um, and he has a boat, boat in front great. of Waikiki, outside of Waikiki. Yeah. Um, so he has officially taken over as director. So yes. good things, good things, good things are coming. Um, His costume looks interesting. Yeah, that was a weird mix. Yeah, like wetsuit and top, crop top. I want to. No, 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 no. <laughs> it's not. It's not a crop top. It's it's a it's crop a sleeves muscle shirt. <laughs> yeah, there you go, muscle shirt. So we have that, and we also got another episode title via the writers and nineteen. It is for nineteen, and it's called the long sleep. Sounds so, exciting. That I title is taking you to straight to ideas again, right? Always. <laughs> Always. We already shared some on, on, on 
we might as well title our chat. Ah! <laughs> there's a lot of screaming in Wolf when we talk about Magnum. We do, yeah. There's there's a lot of screaming and a lot of profanity. I was telling everybody at work yesterday. I was like, mm, yeah, I'm pretty sure that it's just screaming and swearing at this point. But, yeah. <laughs> and I think it really was. I'm pretty sure. I, I, um, I distinctly remember sending you a message that was essentially just, ah! <laughs> yeah, yeah, I do remember that as well. It did happen. She's not wrong. She's not lying. It was it, this week. It happened. It was this week. And I'm pretty it, sure I was at work, too. <laughs> it also wasn't the only time I did that, so. Oh, no. No, no. There have been many, many, <laughs> many times. 